What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Finally got a win on the season now. Finally, we were able to do so. So, you know, that was actually something good to watch. We always mark it each year. Now, I say, you know, good to watch, but it was definitely not fun to watch or easy to watch by any means. Yeah, man. Luckily, all wins count the same, and I, I'm not going to complain about it. We, we were on a nine-game losing streak, so how, however they come, bro, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, this uh, it was pretty disgusting, especially in the third quarter, or maybe it was the fourth when Jameis had a really good drive and they showed his yards for that drive next to Baker's stats for the whole game. And uh, they were pretty much just showing up Baker, telling us how bad he was actually doing. Because when I say he looked bad, he looked really bad, like throwing balls at people's feet. I don't know what what was up with like every ball coming out low today. I don't know if he's hurt or what, but it is not working out with Baker. Yeah, from everything that I've heard and seen and, and, and talked to my buddy who was at the game, um, like I was telling you guys when I was texting in the chat, you know, I was watching Red Zone and of course we weren't, you know, displayed much. So that let me know where we were officially across the line from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I was texting my buddy who was live at the game, and he said Baker was just overthrowing wide open players. It was it almost just looked as if he didn't even know what was going on with the offense. So I, I guess the question becomes: I mean, I, I know at the beginning of the preseason we were having these conversations. I was all bought in that Baker would be a different Baker coming in, but it seems like we see why Cleveland was not too happy or too or, or too much in a rush to sign into a long term deal. And I'm trying to, you know, go about it both ways. I mean, I was, you know, one of the first people to think, you know, we got to have a floor here. And it was one of the, one of those things where, you know, we knew kind of what it was going to be going into it, I guess. And there was either going to be a high ceiling or a very, very real and low floor. And I don't know really whether or not it's, you know, a product of the the system we've been putting in and how everyone's trying to mesh together or if it's just him still trying to, I mean, we got to remember it's week three and like, yes, he did get more time than cam did and more time than Sam did, but he still didn't get a whole lot, you know, a full off season for that matter. And that's where I'm still like trying to give it a little bit of, of wiggle room. Cause part of me also was like, and it was something that, uh, you know, the crown club had tweeted. Do we really, really think that Baker cam Sam and Teddy, even though, you know, outside of the situations they were in are, were really all this bad. Or is it something else, this other common denominator of both either the head coach or, of course, the offensive coordinators they had at point? Because, I mean, we all saw Dan Orlovsky or, 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 or saw him just eviscerate Matt Rule and, and, and Ben McAdoo in, you know, the predictability of our offense, which, I mean, I could have told you that from the get-go. But it, it, and, and, it's, and it was one of those things where, like, you know, the glass ceiling shatters and you're like, oh, yeah, it is super easy to predict what we're doing. And the thing that I think strikes me is not only is it not Baker being able to produce, but McCaffrey and DJ Moore just non-existent for the most part. You know, McCaffrey had his, you know, his his game time numbers that he's going to get throughout the game. But DJ Moore's had what? I, I can count probably the number of catches he's had in the last three weeks on my hands. Yeah, he's got nine. I think, I think they, the thing number is nine catches for 88 yards on the year. Not great. I mean, it's, I, it, it, when you go through and look at the numbers for the wide receivers, take away the the Levinson Chenault touchdown pass, they can't. He can't get the ball to anybody. Like there's true. no production out of anyone. So I'm worried about. I mean, overall, I got it's. It, it, I don't know who's the to. I don't know who to lay the blame on at this point. I mean, I don't know if it's a McAdoo problem with how he structured this offense, or it's a Baker problem. I think it's a it's a mixture of both. But. I mean, I'm watching plays where guys aren't open, but the concepts are so easy. Like you saw me, I mean, I mean, we're just it, it's just no creativity in there. It's the same thing we've been we've been talking about week after week. But it's hard for me to 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 think that all of a sudden DJ can't produce or all of a sudden Robbie can't produce. And now you're having to have just a game breaking play by Chanel. And if if you don't have that play, you lose this game. Even with this greater defense play, you would have lost that game today if you don't get that touchdown. Yeah, we're definitely not helping them out, but uh, these quarterbacks at all, the ones in the past couple of years. But I don't think Baker's the answer. On on certain plays, there was it was just easy pitch and catch. Like he just needed to get the ball out there. Like he couldn't complete a simple pass. And DJ looked frustrated at the end of the game. He looked like he wanted to take Baker's head off. I I, I do I can't blame him. Baker just can't do the simple things that quarterbacks in the NFL who stick around do. 
I think also with that too, I mean, I, I like I like exactly what you said there, Brock. I think a large part of that too, it's not just on Baker, but it's also on the coaching staff and trying to put him up for success. But even if they do put him up for success, he's not rising to the occasion. It truly doesn't even matter who you – you can put Judge back there, I mean, Joe Judge back there again, and he probably would still be doing the same thing, right? It's not going to change the fact of the matter. He's not getting the ball to the receivers. He's not making the plays that we need. He's not making the reads that he needs to make. And if there's an issue at the line, you can definitely tell he's not calling the audible out to get out of those situations to get us – to get the ball out into an effective manner. Christian McCaffrey sees not non-existent. And, and I also have to breathe, breathe and lean into the fact that the coaching staff or whomever is not looking at this from a diversified portfolio. It seems like we keep trying to force feed the same offense week over week just with a different dress on it. You're not adding new players. I mean, Chenault today was one of the first times I think I've seen him all season. He looked great, right? We talked about Higgins not being out there. We talked about Dante Foreman being out there. Neither one of those guys seem to be uh, injured. So if they're not injured and they were being productive in training camp and in the preseason, why are we not using them if Baker's struggling? And, and that's my thing, too. And that's where I, I don't know if it comes across on Baker's because you have a, you know, when you have this much talent, you have to be able to create it to where he can make those reads and either the guys are getting open. And I'm not sure what the list of his, you know, looking at the all 22 or looking at his eyes, I'm not sure what the reads are. You know, I'm I, it's hard to, t- you can't tell what the hot routes are. It's hard to tell, you know, who it's supposed to be going to or who it's supposed to be intended for. And I feel that comes from an offensive coordinator standpoint where, you know, that was another thing that I think, you know, made, you know, it's guys like, you know, Ken Dorsey or North Turner, or even, you know, uh, whoever's right now in, 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 in green Bay, you see the mark of a good offensive coordinator and a good relationship with their quarterback is when they spread the ball around, when everyone's getting a piece of the pie because they're able to utilize those guys in the right way. We've got all these different weapons, and it seems like, you know, like you said, we're pushing the same offense and the same lackluster, ineffective offense. I mean, right now, like you said, Jason, the two best acquisitions we made over the offseason were Johnny Hecker and 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 the kicker who we got in season like it's because i mean without him we also don't win this game we have one offensive touchdown you're lucky you got the strip sack and i will say for bright spots we'll talk touch on this in a second the rush on the defense on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive line you know the bar wasn't set very high but they definitely improved upon their performance in the past you know the past few weeks but to end out my point i think it's that's where i i can't tell if it's you know baker and his, I like, trust me, because I agree with you, Brock. I never thought he was the answer. And that's why I was a bit, you know, concerned about the deal from the get go about giving, you know, I was happy when it was the little lack of money that we gave him because that's fine. Throw, you know, dollars and cents at him. And that's okay. As long as, you know, cause you know, he's not the answer, but then McAdoo's not either. And, and I don't, and I was, he was the one I was more concerned about from the second we got him. Those two guys just, they don't, they don't mix. And so yeah. I don't think he's putting him in a position to shine the way he's supposed to. And I think that's kind of gumming up the works. Yeah, there's a lot of the, I think the biggest problem is not utilizing CMC in the passing game. We've seen that in the past where if we just keep him as a checkdown guy, put him out in the flats or something, he is going to like take a lot of attention off the other guys. If we can do that, they that forces them to take their uh, run stopping linebackers off the field and put guys who can try to cover McCaffrey and in space, which not a lot of people can do. And that softens up the run game. We have so many more options when we use him in the passing game. He, he should never ever get two receptions in a game. Like he he's the one who made people like Najee go back, uh, stay an extra year in college and learn how to catch the ball. Like, And Shantice, I think that's what's upsetting is that it looks like, you know, he it's almost like we we're he's like he's still injured and i know he was on the injury report this week for lord knows what i guess he went to the bathroom and that got him on the ir report but it just it's it's the ineffective nature for him that is really kind of upsetting you get these like you know the the grumble yards that he's getting that you're gonna get just by from any running back and i yeah, think that's that, concerning to me yeah man what was again like the, the biggest downside i saw to how mccaffrey's day wins that everything's a struggle like you said i mean he got his numbers just by getting by the sheer amount of touches he got McCaffrey's going to get his numbers, but I'm watching him run up the middle on second down and third down when that's not, I thought that's why we were getting the guys that we got to prevent him from having to take that type of pounding. But it, and, and again, to Brock's point, not utilizing him in the passing game, not spreading, not, not spread out the defense then to allow them to get you to get them in personnel sets that allow you to run the ball in between the tackles. Again, it's like, it's like, right. I, I think like, I think you may have said it earlier, Jack, right now we just have an offensive coordinator who's, 
just trying to run trying to run through a brick wall and consistently getting denied but not willing to change anything that he's doing to you know act, to acquiesce to the situation i mean we're not giving the quarterback easy enough concepts that at least create set that create separation for the receivers i'm, I'm watching our receivers now guys that are four 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 three guys look like they can't get separation on drag routes I'm saying that's probably an issue with the construction of the offense. And again, in part, you see, you, yeah, we watched Baker Mayfield also miss checkdowns and try and try to force the ball down the field and not take what the, what the defense is giving them. And the offense has no type of flow, has no has no type of rhythm to it. And again, when you have a quarterback that seemingly will not make the right, won't make won't make the smart play, and an offense coordinator that can't seem to construct the playbook that's actually feasible for anybody to run. You get what we got today, and luckily our defense came through. But week after week, I don't know how we'll be able to, to sustain moving forward. This and offense reminds me a lot of when we tried to plug and play a Will Greer and a Taylor Heineke, right? It looks like we don't have an identity. We can't figure out, do we want to run first? Do we want to try to jab it out to the right? Do we have more than just CMC, right? And to everybody's point that just made, right? We talk about CMC. Let's keep it 100%. We said this is his year. We know that he's been out of the league pretty much for two years. You can see the rust on the way he's trying to run the ball and try to figure his rhythm out as well. So if you know that he's struggling, why are we not running a two-back system? Why are we not trying to do some end arounds to help him out? Why are we not trying to use a shot Smith to use his speed? Why not? Why are we not trying to use Dante Foreman as a, as a bulldozer, as a fullback? I mean, these are things that we don't coach football, and if we can see it, Every other NFL team is sitting in the room. Is like, why aren't they doing this? So we're just going to go in here and load the box, and we're going to have a field day. And that's, I think, what's upsetting is exactly what you said. It's like we're operating like we're having to plug and play, and we're operating with less guys than we have because, you know, up until – I mean, the Panthers have always been a run-first team, get what you can over the air. And in the past few years, even with Cam, that was still a thing. In the past <laughs> years, though, you lose Cam. All right, so now you have to make the offense work with the guys you have in place, which means you might need to do rely even more on the run or you might need to change up what you do in the offense. Then you get your – you, you figure out, okay, Cam's gone. We need to get some consistent quarterbacks in here now. And now McCaffrey goes down. So now you can't operate on the run as much. Or if you do, you have to change the way you do it. And so because of that, then they, you know, change the way that their offense. Now, though, the upsetting part about that, Jason, is we have these guys. Everyone's healthy. Like, everyone is healthy. But they're, like, one week you get McCaffrey taking 15 carries. And don't get me wrong. He had 100, 108 yards, and that probably facilitated, you know, just the time of possession that we had to keep the game alive as much as we did and those six points off the field goals. So like, don't like I'll take 108, but on 25 carries, I won't because well, I don't understand you. You saw a, you didn't win the game, but you talked about how efficient your offense was in the time frame that they played. And so you, you up his dosage there, but then also you don't like you, you last week. They were pass heavy. We need to throw the ball as many times. And, and the week before we need to run it. 40, you know, carries for McCaffrey. It seems like they keep flip-flopping week in and week out, and they don't know which way they want to go with it, and they're waiting for something to show. And it's this thing, and I think it's part of this, you know, what we talked about with Carlos Dunlap and this earn-it mentality that Matt Roll has. You're not going to get your chance until you prove yourself. What kind of catch-22 is that? That you're not going to get your chance until you prove yourself on the field, but you're not going to get your chance to prove yourself on the field until you prove yourself on the field. Like you said, LaVisca Chenault is going to be much more involved in the offense now. Had he not had the one, literally two plays that he had, would he be saying that? You know, Shai Smith had a 20-yard pass. Does that mean, like, that's why, is, is Higgins not on the field because he hasn't done anything in the game? Like, that's, that's, a bad that's a discussion. That's a discussion, right? So that's what we've been talking about. It is bad coaching, Brock. You're absolutely right. If it's not only bad coaching, it also goes back to, you guys have been saying this too since over the summer. He has his favorites. He won't defer from his favorites. He's going to force feed those favorites, whether they perform or not. And we bought, we all know that's gotten us into more trouble than not. Him sitting on the sideline, being able to pound his chest on this W is some BS today. I'll take the W, but I would have yep. rather have had the loss so we could have gotten rid of rule. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. And it's getting to that point though. Like I even to like I saw Panthers Twitter today. I mean, like we all knew that okay, well, from what from the statement that we got from David Tepper prior to kickoff. To actually get in the win, even which though we just, are, which was just so <laughs> disheartening to hear before that game. Like, I'm not excited for the game, but to hear we're willing to wait, I'm like, okay, all right. Man, this dude here, you get that statement coupled along with a victory that you know, Matt Rule, uh, honest to God, that if it wasn't for 
the Saints offense looking so disjointed and losing as many guys as they lost. I mean, they lost, I think he lost um, Landry and Michael Thomas throughout the course of that game. And you still only, and you still almost coughed it up at the end. Bro, I don't know. Chante, Chante, the, best, the best statement I heard today was if Drew Brees was back there, we're losing 50 to zap. Yeah. Off the rip. Yeah. 100%. Off the rip. Absolutely. Off the rip. Seamus Winston's back is broken. If he didn't have four broken uh, vertebrae in his back, we lose that game. He he could not move. Like we had we did zero pass rush for most of the game. We came out for some of it, but Brian Burns looked dead out there today. Is he banged up? Because he didn't I didn't see him throw a single move in the second half. Uh, he it, tried. It he, 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 he tried. That's the thing. He just he, he couldn't make any ground. Like, I mean, there, there's no pass rush. Oh, okay, and we can get on we can get on this guy. Matter of fact, if we're talking about pass rushes, yeah, two girls mottos. Why? Where? Where is he? Where has he been for three years? I told you, I told you, I said this, I said this this summer. This is his year to prove, and he's already proven to us by three games. He's not gonna live up to what we Mm -hmm. thought he was gonna be. No, period. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I will get credit to Derrick Brown. He has beaten the bust allegations. The last two weeks, he's come, he's come out. He heard some, him talking. He heard, he heard the, the murmurs. And even, even my guy Davion Nixon got to play some. And we've seen the interior, the interior of our defense has looked a lot better since that since the Cleveland Browns game. And I will get credit to those guys at the very least. Which I think it's funny now that like especially those allegations came out about you know Jason Yurofov, but things that were talked about about Phil Snow. I think it's real interesting that the defense made a lot of ground this week. Now that they're on the hot seat, it just seemed to be very very particular timing. Because I will say they did what I was wanting to. I said if you don't get turnovers against freaking Lobster Winston, I'm gonna lose my mind. And they did. They got turnovers when we needed it. Haynes, I think, should get a starting role now over Yatur. Because yes. he seemed to create yeah. much. I mean, that was not only a, a, a product of being at the right place at the right time, but dude's fast. And for he's his active. like, like he's active and he's Aggressive. fast. He was out running some guys. Jameis Winston's not a slow quarterback by any means. And, no. you know, he got a few blocks and that worked out well. JC Horn, Derek Brown, you know, it, that's Rashantis was saying that's just po- that's poetic right there to see your top two picks make that kind of impact especially when it was the reverse of horn tipping it so that brown could catch it which was just the most panthers way to get an interception off the jump and i think though that's what's so exciting to see but also so disheartening to me and it's exactly what you said jason you think about the guys that we got the draft class that we got and the potential that these guys had but you chain them to some mediocre bum ass co- coordinators that can't tell a freaking you know through a bull rush from a bowl of soup and you just put them in there and don't look because that's the thing i think you turn i mean you get an injury that's going to be tough to come off from the get-go but we've seen their issues with developing guys consistently especially on the defensive side of the ball and turning out this rotating you know carousel of linebackers you know finally frankie again was able to make some splash and show that you know we at least have a linebacking core but i still don't see shaq anywhere making an impact and, well, i think shaq i think shaq i think i think shaq's a little banged up like brian burns is a little bit oh, banged up. i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna discredit from that perspective but i will say this you talked about it being you know how i'm harping on phil snow and how they just showed up today do you think it was for phil or do you think it was for steve uh, my man my man, my man steve for Steve, I don't think yeah. it has anything to do with snow. This is in spite of, right? Oh, oh. These guys are these guys. If you look at that defense, they're playing in spite of, right? It's not about trying to prove anything to anybody else. They're playing in spite of the fact they know they got a bum ass coach. They oh, know they yeah. have a bum ass coordinator. Don't get it twisted whatsoever. I don't give any credit to Phil Snow for the way the defense performed. I think it's just convenient that the week that he started to get some slack or some you know some fire, then now the now the zones are being played the right way. We're pressing up a bit more. Sending. I mean, we hadn't sent the rush in th- in three weeks. We had oh, not sent sure. a blitz. JC Horn was nowhere near the quarterback. And that's the only reason you get that turnover is because JC is flying in like we know he can. And that's the only reason you get the fumble too is because Derek Brown and Frankie Luvu are coming off the run off the blitz mm-hmm. to get those turnovers. And it's like you you didn't think about doing this to Daniel Jones and Jacoby Brissett. Literally, Jacoby Brissett is the same human being as Jameis Winston, just about five to six or however many years older. And you're telling me that you couldn't figure out that you needed to do that? Like that's what upsets me. I, I'm happy we got the division win. I'm happy we got a win at home. Yeah. Con, uh, conveniently, the last time we had a win at home, if I'm not mistaken, was against the Saints around this time last year. So, again, we're not going to 
it's a different team this year, so we're not going to get all hyped up. You know, we're not 3-0 and this time around, but we're not going to put any extra weight into the Saints because, again, it's the Saints, and I can't figure out the Buccaneers. I can't figure out any really anyone in the NFL other than – we, we look like we're in a good position with the Saints and the Bucks. I, I, I don't want to hear it. Don't. No. Rock, I don't rock, hear it. Rock, um, rock, rock. We're, we're in a good order. position. We're in, our division is trash. We don't the, want the it to be. The Falcons are in the worst. Our division is trash. Tom Brady on his way out. He's not feeling good. Saints are terrible. They have a quarterback with a broken back or Andy Dalton, who is Oh my Terrible. god, it is Andy Dalton, isn't it? I forgot. Yep. And, and I'm not going Falcons don't have a quarterback. Mariota. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. The Seahawks. They won today. Mariota came in today. Mariota came in today and did work. I watched most hey. of that game. He had, more he had more touchdowns than Baker Mayfield. He's got more touchdowns than Baker Mayfield all season. Baker looks Mayfield better than Baker Mayfield. Looks better than Baker Mayfield. CMC no. is basically our quarterback. We should just run the Wildcat, honestly. If we're going to keep doing this, I'm I'm so tired <laughs> of playing these NFC uh, South teams and going against super high-powered offenses. This is the first time in so many years that we haven't had a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady or hey. someone outstanding at quarterback at, in the other teams. I love it. I you know what's you know what's crazy? Say for example, we would have brought back Cam, right? We would have the second best quarterback in the division and probably the best overall unit <laughs> in the in the division if we just brought that man back. I'm not gonna lie to you. I put this the way we got 22 points today, we would have at least had 30. Oh, if Cam if Cam was in there, I could see us at least being competitive on the offensive side of the ball. There's we, no way they would have loaded it up and been able to hunker us down the way that they were able to do that with Baker in the backfield. Look, we, we ran the ball 31 times for 145 today. That's 200 yards with Cam, at least. And oh, we can easy. play ball and we can play ball control for the rest of the game. <laughs> Defense don't have to go back out there. We're going to run the ball. <laughs> we'll run the ball every down. We'll, we'll pick up four to five yards of pop. We're going to be the triple option team of the NFL. That's what we. That's, that's how we want to get it get it done. Now, but, I got uh, some for you, Jack. I got some for you. So you, you were talking about J.C. Horn. One other thing that I did see who was playing a little bit more lively uh, this, to, uh, today when I was looking at some of the highlights was Jeremy Chen. It like Chen came to play today. He showed up. He showed up in that backfield yeah. a little much, you know, doing the rushings and things of that nature, too. And again, that's very, very coincidental, given the fact that one of the main points of everything that came out, whether you believe it or not, that we talked about was that Jeremy Chin was not talking with Phil Snow due to his lack of production and having to play three different positions at once. And I think that's what's upsetting is that that's what, you know, and, and maybe maybe Steve is getting there and going, look, why are we not doing this? Because we don't have the linebackers to do what you want to do. Mm. We've got. Because another guy I'll put up there, Xavier Woods, I thought he was creating a lot more disruption in the backfield as he had been doing in the past couple of weeks. And we haven't had that because I think Chin can be a lot like Kurt Coleman in the way that he could be a, a, a hitter, a bruiser coming up. Mm -hmm. But also given his freedom, because we had Trey Boston back there, a visionary who not only could hit the crap out of you, but he saw the field very well. And I think Woods sees the field very well for what he's had and the time frame he's been playing with especially with being, you know, in the defensive backs that he was with in in um in uh, in Minnesota and in uh in Dallas if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that, you know, Jeremy Chinkin, if we give him that freedom, you want him to play four positions, then give him freedom. Don't script him into four different positions because I think that's where the issues come about is that he's having to think about all these different things and different and change these schemes up the way they did it. I mean, I want to play devil's advocate and wonder how things would have changed had Michael Thomas been playing I, I i mean you know I, I it's it's just an extra guy to think about because think about it i mean they were like i mean for a little bit there chris olave and and and, and traquan smith weren't looking too terrible i mean they that that one drive that they put together that touchdown so that's just you know an extra person you have to think about yeah. and i think not having it i'm not saying that's the reason why they did so well i think that just gives you less to worry about and that way you don't have, which is again mind numbing because there was no one they needed to worry about for the Browns or for the Giants. So I don't know why they didn't realize that they could do the same thing in those games. And that's what makes the defense so upsetting to me because, you know, if Alvin Kamara, if, if, if Alvin Kamara was 100%, it would have been a different day too. I mean, the defense was able to pin their ears back because Alvin Kamara couldn't get, couldn't get loose like he normally can. He's the most, one of the most elusive backs when he's healthy. 
And I think that was another thing, you know, we've, we, it was an issue with, you know, with the Browns and the Giants, the Giants don't really have a second guy. And Saquon wasn't really doing a whole lot. And he still put up some numbers, but it wasn't a second running back you had to worry about. They really were just running through Kamara and, the, and I guess Ingram too, um, you know, who got that, you know, that touchdown there towards the end. I just, you know, the defense just seemed a little bit more just connected this week. And, uh, and that's what you want to see going down the defensive stretch that we have to, because I don't understand anything that happened in the NFL today. The Bills and the Dolphins make no sense to me. The Chiefs and the Colts made no sense to me. And there was just a lot of things that made no sense to me today that I'm sure will continue as we go on into the, into Jackson the night. Chargers game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good Lord. The Jackson, the Jags and that's the Chargers. Crazy. I don't understand what has happened there because now my perception of the AFC West is just completely upside down and I'm not really sure how to think about it. I will say it's though, Doug Peterson though. That it, like you gotta you gotta think that that has a lot to do with Doug Peterson. He yeah. he changed Philly up. If we had the like, look at us. We we had a coaching dispute, and I think a little bit has been settled, and we finally put some stuff together. Like, coaching is everything. The difference between USC and Alabama is coaching. They get the same awesome recruiting classes every year. That too, um, and <laughs> but. They, their coaches don't know how to put it together. Like they have guys that are unreliable, and that's what we have. We need a guy that can just put a team together and go. Or be the man to say, hey, Phil Snow, please listen to your other coaches on your staff. That's what they're here for. Like we, you don't just get to make all the rules and do things how you want to do it, especially when it's not working out. The thing that, and we talk about coaching and about not working out. The thing that, I mean, we'll talk about the elephant in the room in terms of the worst, the best indication of how piss poor the the mindset is. Fourth and four. I, I, I understand the idea behind it. You're up 13 to nothing. You want to put the game away. It's the third quarter. But, like, not only from, from McAdoo's perspective of, of calling the play just off the jump, but looking at the play. There's one thing that I've been uh, wanting to see from Baker that I've been really confused about not is the mobility, the scrambling that we've seen him be able to do. He was obviously a bit more tempered in the last few years. So he hasn't had to do it. But like on that play, I think that's where you think Cam was wide open. He had space in front of him and to throw that just sorry throw to your fullback, to your fullback <laughs> of all people, not in the in the flats is one thing, but over the middle. Like, I just, I, I do not understand it in terms of what you thought, what your thought process was there. Yeah, you put the game away, but if you're going to do that, do not put it in a read where your fullback is a part of that read. It, it, it's what really concerns me is that not only did we get to that point where we had to go for it, and then also the next drive, you're at that same point in time, and then you kick it instead when you had built up some momentum. So I just, it seems like there's just no fluidity to it, or it just, there's no sense sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, we just got a head coach. We got we had not a head coach, but we have an OC and a quarterback that are just not connected, bro. And I mean, any any great quarterback, they're the OC and the quarterback are connected to him. They have to be on. They have to be on one accord. That they, they have to be able to execute the things they know they have to do each and every week. And there's certain things that you want from your quarterback as a, as an offensive coordinator that you got that that your quarterback has to just be able to know how to execute. And they are not on that same page. Goes back to a lot of what McAdoo said a few years ago when he, when clearly he wasn't the biggest fan of Baker. And it kind of makes sense that this is not working because mm, if he didn't think he was a great fit for his system four years ago, I don't know what changed all of a sudden now just because we had to sign him because we didn't have any other choice other than rolling Sam Donald back out there. And then there's a real case to be made that maybe Sam Darnold really wasn't that bad, but he he was he was he was. Let me keep it a stack. He was, but has Baker looked at any point this time this season? Has Baker looked better than Sam Darnold at all last year? Shantice, I I, I, I I was sitting in my I was sitting in my house today, and I said to myself, Am I really thinking about benching Baker for Sam Darnold today? Like that was kind of a thought that kind of went across my head because, honestly and truthfully. You know, Sam may have made some of those throws. Sam may have gotten it to DJ in the open play. Sam may have given it to Robbie Anderson in the open. You know, he, he may not have he may not have gotten uh he was through to the other team too, but you know right, the have, one thing I was saying, the one thing I'll say is he they give Baker credit where it's due. I mean, other than again that fourth down play where he threw it into freaking double coverage to your fullback. The one thing I will say is the passes he is making 
whether they're off target or not, he's doing it to positions where he's only making it to where like that long play to Robbie on that third down, only Robbie was going to catch that ball. He's not necessarily putting the, I mean, what has he, I'm trying to think of the picks he's had. I think he had one or two, you know, not even, I I think on the season. I think he's got one. I think he, I think he got the one against Cleveland. I don't I think, think he Cleveland threw was the only one. And and so I will say that I, I think he's not – other than that fourth down play, it doesn't seem like he's pushing the ball as much. And I'll play devil's advocate here. That was a real problem with Cam last year was, you know, in the situation he was put in, he was forcing the ball because he felt like he had to. So I'm going to play devil's advocate even further, you know, fill in the role of Jeff a little bit. Truth be told, Cam's in there. With the system we have right now and the way the offensive coordinator is going, I don't know if it's much better. I, I really don't. I, it just it seems that it, it, I mean I, I think I, I, Cam I, is, has a veteran presence enough to take more control of the offense mm-hmm. and and has more of a leadership that the players would buy into a bit more. But with the way the line line was playing the last two weeks and with the way this offense seems to be called, other than a few scrambles, when instead of you know throwing the empty passes, I don't know how much more production we get out of it. I'll tell you where the difference between having just not even just can't specifically, but a quarterback like him and comparison to having Baker. It's just that you can't create any that quarterback like Baker can't create any offense by himself. And not only that, you can't really design anything else other than passes to create any offense for him. Meaning that, all right, we can throw in the RPO, right? And our offensive line struggling, but we had bad offensive lines for seven years while Cam was here. But you know the one, you know the one thing you can do to offset a bad offensive line? Hold pretty much hold hold a defender hostage and make him choose between oh do I, which, am I taking the quarterback or I take or am I taking the running back and then and then having a playmaker like like a Cam that made short yard situations automatic then as a runner was an automatic five to six yards at, at at will too keeps you ahead of the sticks then makes everything easier as far as what you want to do for the rest of the game now I don't know with how this these play calls are being designed you're probably right I don't think it looks that much better because I don't think that we're good anywhere that you need to be good in order to have a good offense we don't have a head coach that knows that has a clue our oc seemingly doesn't want to adjust and a quarterback that right now doesn't seem comfortable enough to 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 make any to make any smart plays throughout the course of a game so yeah right about now i don't know there's nothing saving this team except for firing the whole staff and revamping this thing next season yeah the cam newton that that you're talking about if we could have that guy we would be winning football games like like a real team would, not a, an ugly win. We would have like real solid football games. But that guy's gone. He has no shoulder. He still has the the foot that's holding him back. With when his mobility left, I was nervous, and and he started to develop as a passer. And then TJ Watt on Monday Night Football destroyed his shoulder, and that was that for Kim. I think that's when his career ended. We need to branch out and try something new. Whoever, I don't think we should get McAdoo's guy because, or whoever he would want in his system, but we're just going in a, a carousel right now. It's the same thing in a different package. Baker is the same as Sam. If, if we if we had Sam in, we'd be talking about how he made an unreal mistake today, probably on the goal line or something. Like It might look a little better, but the mistakes would be costly with Sam. It's we, there's no no right answer with our quarterbacks right now. I think I think if you look at it too, we, we're talking about McAdoo. We're talking about the relationship with Baker. Doesn't Baker remind you a lot of how Daniel Jones looked the last couple of years? Does that not seem reminiscent of what that looked like up in New York? Daniel Jones looks a lot more calm without McAdoo being there. Daniel Jones looks a lot more efficient. Looks like he knows what he's doing in the offense that's been created around him. That has a lot to say about Dable, right? Dable, right? So you add that complexity with the fact that McAdoo didn't want Baker to your point, Shantis. The other part to that, too, is it looks to me that McAdoo won't change in spite of the fact that he thinks he knows what he's doing, right? We have to play to your your audience. It's just like we're playing to our audience again, right? We don't come to win the game. We come to just kind of compete. Today, the defense came to play to win, and you saw the difference in how they played, right? They, were, they weren't going They weren't going to leave anything on the field. They were going to go balls to the wall, all four quarters, and we were, they were going to make sure that they were the most effective team on the field when they were on the field. The offense comes out there, we look like the 53 Stooges or the 11 Stooges. We can't figure out who's Curly, who's Mo, who's going to be the who's going to be the punchline, who's going to set up the joke. It's just frustrating. I told you it was going to be a cardiac cat season, but damn if I haven't had a heart attack the first three the first three games of the season. I mean, this let's is crazy. Say- this is absolutely crazy. 
I mean, let's take a look at it. We go, we go game one. Punt, 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 interception, punt, touchdown. There you go. Get punt, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, end of game. That's week one. Giants now. Let's get another one here. How about we how about we do this? Uh, let's see. For the Giants, fumble, fumble, field goal, punt, field goal. Second half, touchdown. There we go. Punt, 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 field goal, punt. And then this week, more of the same. You get to start out, punt, punt, fumble, touchdown. Thank goodness. Thank you for your defense. Field goal, punt, field goal, end of half. Turnover on downs, punt. There's your touchdown. Field goal, punt, punt, end of game. That is and more that touchdown was a broken play, basically. Yeah, where LaVisca just, you know, ran track for a little bit there and and yeah. got towards the end. And again, your touchdown is, again, more of the same. And I think that is where, like, you talk about, especially trying to adapt to, you know, who you have. And I, I know I talk about him all the time, but it's because I just was the spark needed after the Super Bowl. The biggest talking point when Norv Turner joined the team was, is he going to be able to adapt to the style of play that Cam Newton can be great under or vice versa? Will Cam Newton be able to adapt to the style of play calling that Norv Turner does? What we saw was a perfect blend of the two. And again, I say this all the time because I truly believe it in my heart of hearts. Had TJ Watt not decided to be an ass, no one was stopping Cam Newton that season other than the Steelers. And, and, and I think that was what, you know, makes it upsetting because that's where you see an offensive coordinator change his ways because we talk about, you know, looking like Daniel Jones, but if I'm not mistaken, Baker has always been known as this trigger happy, you know, backyard football kind of running around in college. He was the second coming of Johnny Manziel. And then, you know, in the brand with the Browns, he had the playmakers to try to facilitate that, but maybe not the offensive coordinators up until the very end to do so. And I think that's what upsets me is he looks he looks stut like he's stuttering back there. He looks stilted. He looks hesitant. And whether or not that is a product of, you know, who he is, he's got behind him or in front of him or on the sideline. I think that's where it gets to be an issue with me. And, you know, like I said, the offensive line, I think, performed marginally better than they had in the, in, in, in the past. He wasn't running around as much. Um, you know, still not great. Icky's still working out some things, you know, that like the, that holding play didn't really turn into anything, but you know, a play where you needed those yards and got a big chunk and it comes back off of a holding, which I mean, I always hate those kind of calls, but you know, it's another thing where he's still trying to get his footing and, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I wasn't making, I, I couldn't tell was Bozeman out there again. Was he not? No. And I, and I, and I need to understand, I need to know what's going on. He's not on the inactive list. He's 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 just not there, and I don't understand what's happening. And his and there's a note. Him and his wife seem very on board with Charlotte. They seem ready to go, and they're traveling. And I don't understand why he's not getting that playing time. I think it's because they're starting. The offensive group is starting to gel for the first time in, or the offensive line is starting to gel a little bit for the first time in my recent memory. Like I can't really remember a time that it's looked as good as it does right now. And I don't think Bozeman is good enough to plug in and maybe mess up the chemistry for a couple games and screw things up for the offense even more than it already is. I know it's not working, but it's not on the offensive line, I don't think. Their run blocking has been decent. CMC just looks a little slow. I don't think he's lost a step, but he's still getting the rust off. Um, And I I do think that this O-line could be good together. The PFF grades say so. If you'd like, if you think about PFF, I'm putting stock into PFF grades because as far as PFF like goes, it. as far as far as PFF goes, Johnny Hecker had the best passer rating of any of our quarterbacks coming into the season in in history. So I always take it with a little with a, with a grain of salt. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna take it. But that's just my, you know, even with the running go, like, and I go, I don't put the, you know, the lack of running on the offensive line. I put it more so on the boring run calls. I mean, he's not, not getting any looks outside of the tackles. Like, I know you're trying to, you know, keep him, I guess, contained a little bit, but you're containing him yourself by running it. Like, it worked to a point. And that's the crazy part is it worked, you know, a few years ago, he was making everyone pay up the middle. But also it's because that wasn't the only thing he was running. Exactly. And you and the linebackers were coming up or dropping back because they were worried about our passing attack. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about our passing attack. They're not worried about our quarterback. They're not worried about anything coming over the middle because it just it's not there. And you I mean, because you take the one sixty seven yarder out of out of his passing stats and it doesn't look too 
too great. I think one thing we haven't talked about enough of the fact of today was Chuba Hubbard looked really good too. He I did. Why we, I don't know why we moved away. If we're talking about the two to three back system that we want to get to, I don't know why we didn't feed him the ball more to, uh, yeah. you know, to, to, to get the, the Saints defense to kind of key in on him or to add to what Brock was saying. So when you could do a two back system at that point and take some heat off of CMC with adding a Chuba Hubbard in there to help out and assist in the backfield. There's so many different things, I think, so many different looks that we could do from an offensive standpoint to make us a look look a lot more efficient. That it's 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 pitiful that we we're we're still sitting here looking at Rule looks stupid on the sideline. McAdoo looking like he just came out of a, a speed stick commercial. Um I, I just we 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 just need to do better. And and it starts at the top. Tepper looks to be one of the worst owners in the NFL right now, if not the worst owner in the NFL right now. Um, and there are some things to be said there that if you look at the players, a lot of them don't look bought in until they play on Sundays. And it's only when we're kind of winning or playing in a, in a, in a close matchup that we see any emotion. But if you look on that sideline, to me, the faces show that they're not too bought in to this whole regime mm-hmm. as well. Just because he's rich doesn't mean he's a good owner. I never did. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I just – I think that Tepper is just he, – he he lets uh, other people run a lot of the operations, I've heard, like stuff that owners are supposed to do. He has a lot of the front office guys doing, which I don't understand how you can – like, does he does he still have a job? Is he retired? Is this his main – He's disper- uh, he he's you know delegated all of his business practices, which four or five we talked about. Four or five of his CFOs, CEOs of like his of his um his enter- sports entertainment company have jumped ship within the span of a few months. And you're right because like you, you got Jerry on one end, you got Jerry Jones telling people about injury updates. Why is Jerry Jones addressing the media about injury updates? For what purpose is there for that? But yet you're right, and I think it boils down to like um you know. Allowing, giving, he, he's, you know, making just lazy plays. He's done, he wanted to prove he could buy a team. He was a part owner. He wanted to prove he could buy a team. He has the money to do so. He wants to make it. He wants to prove he can put a soccer team in Charlotte. He wanted to prove all these things. And he, once he proves that, it's fine. As far as Mac, and that's where I go to, you know, Rule's just trying to prove that he's, you know, not, uh, clearly he has got the biggest, he's trying to prove he's not trash to the point where he's going to call out a media personality. You don't call out a media personality for something they say. You think everyone that Stephen A. Smith has ever called out is going straight to the podium to defend themselves? No, you defend yourself on the field when it matters. And you didn't do that this week. I know you think you did, but you didn't. And then I think for Ben McAdoo, this job's not going to get him a head coaching position. He's already gotten that once before. So for him, because I think to, to Jason's point, I think for him, what is his benefit here? He's getting paid. He gets paid regardless of the performance. You know, so what is his what is his motivation? He's calling an, a lazy offense is what it is. He doesn't he wants to succeed with the least amount of people possible. He wants to <clears> spread <throat> the ball as little as possible and 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 get success from it, or else he'd be using Chuba more. He'd be using Foreman more. He would be making sure that you get that your number one wide receiver who's gotten a thousand yards the last three years, but different quarterbacks was had more than nine receptions in three weeks. And but, I, I just but, don't think he trusts anyone. I, I honestly think that it has to do a lot with Baker and how he felt before. I don't think he trusts him to spread the ball or do things that uh, like quarterbacks can do in like good quarterbacks and make a dynamic offense. He just doesn't have the trust in what we have, even though we have some tools to win football games on the offensive side. Like we have guys that can, make big plays like we saw LaVishka Chenault look like Debo Samuel today um and he, I think he might finally start to trust us a little bit and get things going Brock I want to argue that point I want to argue that point I don't think it has anything to do with trust I think it has all to do with his ego if you, you if you've heard, if you've heard of anything trying to you've heard anything about McAdoo if you heard anything about McAdoo from the time he left Green Bay to the time time in New York it was all about his ego if it was his way or the highway. I mean, players upon players have talked about that when they've left. When they've left New York, um, even even coming up into, I even think in the Panthers, and you started hear rumblings about how it's his way or the highway. It's it's, it's his offense. Even how he was talking about the quarterback, um, the quarterback competition over over in the uh, in preseason in 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 in, 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 in summer camp. Yeah, he well, I saying, think he's oh. just an idiot. Like that was just he was. Oh, I put my foot in my mouth there. 
Yeah, right. but he, I don't, if he was trying to prove something and prove that he's like some uh, offensive guru, I think that he'd be running more dynamic things and trying to like push the ball downfield and be great, not be all tamed and holding people together. I, See, that's that, the thing. That's why I think it's trust. I think, and I'll let Shanti add on to this, I, I think that goes back to my point. I don't think he thinks he has anything he needs to prove. He's been a head coach before. He's been an offensive, a marginally successful offensive coordinator. He's yes. gotten he's gotten his money. He's got. Like, I don't think this is a, a victory lap for him. He's, it's, he's in a senior semester. He doesn't have anything he needs to prove. So why do any extra effort to prove anything? People should be succeeding based off of what he just puts in there because he's already proven that he could be successful with these tools. He doesn't need to change it. As I said, I go back to Norv Turner. Norv, a, a very successful offensive coordinator, a historically, you know, successful coach and offensive coordinator. Going, I want to prove that I can still do this no matter who I've got in front of me. That's what makes guys like Bill Belichick great. It's what make guys like Pete Carroll. Okay, I don't got Russell Wilson. Fine, I'll make it work without him. He doesn't think he has anything to prove because he thinks his resume. And it, it, it goes to your point. He has the ego to think that his resume speaks for itself when it just doesn't. And so that way, for that reason, he doesn't think that he needs to put to push the envelope because it should be handed to him. So I'm not going to call, you know, I'm going to get you your field goals because that'll win you your games. I'm going to get you your one touchdown. And as long as the defense does their job, if they don't do their job, it's their fault. But as long as the defense, that's why, you know, it's continuing the trend of Matt Rule where we're owing however many when we let up more than 17. But then we have this great record when we only let up 17. We finally, you know, turned that, oh, I guess not really even turned it around. But that's where I just think that he doesn't think he has anything to prove. I, I don't think he thinks he has anything to prove. I don't know how that's possible. He, like, <sighs> what, what really has he done to make him think that he can just coast off into the sunset with a great NFL career? What, I mean, if you want to take the time to, to, to rationalize and, and therapize his mindset, we can, that's a separate podcast we can do because I don't <laughs> think that's going to be a, a fruitful endeavor. But I think that, I mean – because you're right with the talent we have on this roster. It's not like, it's not like the Titans or the 49ers in the past few years where you've got a great talented roster, they get injured. And then you have to, you know, you don't have the depth you want. I mean, you look at freaking Philadelphia, look at the turnaround in the last, I mean, Dallas Goddard looks like Rob Gronkowski out there. And, and, and Devonta Smith has finally shown that, you know, he can be, you know, a, a number two to AJ. He's making AJ Brown's numbers look sad and sorry. Because of how they want to do it, because they're they're forming in a different way. You got Jags putting up points against the Chiefs. You got the Colts beating, I'm sorry, the Jags beating the Chargers, the, the Colts beating the Chiefs without t- Jonathan Taylor even getting a touchdown. He didn't even break the century mark. So I just think that it's just for as long as he's been in this league and for how much he has seen, the only rationalization I can have as to why he's not putting these things in place is because he just doesn't want to. And no, and no one is pushing the envelope and no one is pushing the envelope because rule we know does not push the envelope. Tepper, like you said, is so far up in the penthouse. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. And Baker's trying to save his career right now. So he's not going to push the envelope or he's trying to, and it's not working. Mm-hmm. And he's going to show, okay, I need to make, cause he's also been known as this bad boy quarterback who doesn't play by the rules and doesn't listen to his coordinator. So he's going to prove that he can do that and succeed. Yeah, I don't think Dan, a guy like Dan Campbell, would let that happen. That's no. what that's what we need. We need a badass back there to to put people in order. Like he's the head coach of the football team. He needs to be the head coach and prove that he. It goes through him. You don't do it like it's his way. It's not Ben McAdoo's way. So, Chantis, what are you thinking? All right, so to the point earlier, I mean, you got you got a bunch of guys that are really trying to save their careers, and I don't think that anything McAdoo's doing is because he doesn't care. You got a quarterback that's trying to save his career, a head coach trying to save his career, and an OC trying to save their careers. The one thing we know about desperate people that desperate people tend to make bad decisions. The biggest thing here is that there's a lack of buy-in from everybody. We talked about the lack of a buy-in from the from the player perspective into what the coaches are doing. I think the same thing is happening on the flip side as well. When we talked about, yeah, we've we've documented that the relationship between McAdoo and Baker 
wasn't we didn't think it would be great because well one didn't want to work with the other but there's a lack of buy-in on actually giving your quarterback things that he does well we haven't seen the things that that baker mayfield does well we haven't seen the play actions the motions the things that can you know make that will just be a pacifier for any quarterback and make things easier for any quarterback we haven't seen those things come from uh, come from mcadoo and right now like you said uh, like you said jack you have a quarterback now who was no who was Again, came in with a lot of spunk, and we talked about you know, Jason. I know you, you talked about it earlier in the offseason about you know Baker, Baker bringing that that type of savvy mentality that that you would want to have you, you, a guy that you can get behind and, and rally behind. But he hasn't played like it because I think he's a guy like you like you said, Jack, that's playing just to not mess up. And right now you have a quarterback that's playing not not to make mistakes, a OC that will not acquiesce his system to the player that 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 he has around him, and a head coach that is just trying. To keep keep his head above water, you, I mean, and you're seeing, you're seeing the taking, going back and forth with media members, uh, fam, not using different personnel. Finally, in week three, finally using a different a different personnel set to um, you, you know, and, and bringing some type of spark to your team. But you're you're a month into the season. Well, here's the here's the bigger, and, and here's the bigger and challenge. Oh, I was gonna say, no, here's the bigger challenge. Next week, you're dealing with a magician by the name of Kyler Murray, and let me tell you. If we don't come to play and we don't come to match them down for down, series for series, it's going to be a long Sunday, a really, really long Sunday. And it's not going to turn out on the op- on, on the positive side like it did today. Because I think I think at the end of the day, we, we will be struggling against that Cardinals defense as well as dealing with Kyler Murray and that, Car- and that Cardinals offense as well. I was say, you still – uh, Oh, no, go on, Jack. Sorry. I was gonna say, just looking at the, the week ahead. I mean, you've again, you still got a, a situation where you're they're, you're playing them without their number one, but they're looking like they can make it work without their number one. Last year, you didn't have Kyler Murray, but it's gonna be funny because the Saints or the Cardinals are someone we have year in and year out, no matter what the situation, have have handled and have handled well. And so, you know, it's gonna be very, it's gonna be very, very telling. I mean, last year, that was the biggest game of the whole season. You had national attention. You thought, you know what, we can make a playoff run. Cardinals were a, were a, were a heavy-hitting team. And even, you know, they were starting freaking like Colt McCoy or someone like that. I don't even remember who was starting for the Cardinals that week. Yeah. But um, you still, you know, can't – it wasn't just your defense was dominating. Your offense was dominating. You were making the system work. And so it's going to be one of those things where the Cardinals have had this, this game. Kyler Murray has had this game written on his, you know, on maybe, I guess, the – you know, the, 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 the kitty magic marker board that he's got over there. He's got that written down in his light bright to know that he's got to make sure that he's going to do well in this game because he hasn't performed well in this game. His rookie year, we beat, we beat him and it wasn't a blowout by any means, but you know, we took him down and he even, and even did while he performed. So that's going to be one of those games. Like I want to win this game. We saw it with the Raiders. You saw him put it on his back against that Raiders game. And uh, the Rams, I don't think he did too super hot this week. I didn't get to catch the game. No, but he I did. did not. He looked awful. He looked so, really, really bad. And, of course, it's the Rams. Makes sense. But this week mm-hmm. he knows he's got the ability to take down. Because, like I said, don't get me wrong, the secondary played a little bit played better. But with the receivers that they that we were going up against and the quarterback we were going up against, I mean, 358 yards is not great. It's not It's not a good look over the air. So you're going to want to make sure that you got, you got your stuff together and – and so that's where, you know, I know Steve Wilkes will probably have this game on his roster too, because there's, I know or this game on his list too, because there's always some animosity surrounding the Cardinals and how he got written out in Arizona when he really didn't deserve it at that point in time. But this is going to be a very telling game because again, we talk about the schedule going forward. This was, this was, this was supposed to be your patty, you know, your, your, your patty cake, your, your sense of false security, the chance to go three and zero potentially and, and sit and be sitting pretty going into the stretch. But now you fall you if you get you know a bad game against the cardinals 49ers still trying to figure themselves out still not an easy game by any means same and the rams you we're not i don't even want to talk about that bucks i mean i can't figure them out with the way they played against the falcons and the and the, and the, and the packers and things like that but are in the saints and the packers but then again you know I, the schedule looks a bit easier than it did at the beginning of the season but not by much no, I definitely, but I think we're forgetting that we own the Cardinals. Is that not? But that's what I'm saying. Thing? If you so, if you go out and you don't own the Cardinals, it's bad. That's we're going to be a that's lot. That's I'm going to lose some faith. Yeah, that makes exactly. a lot of sense. But I do, I do think that we have, 
we have a chance seeing that this defense can put it together. The defense was the only reason that I, I thought I was counting us out. Uh, the defense looked dead. It didn't look like we had any chance of revival. And without a good defense, you cannot continue to win games. If we can do that three or four times, we can win games. Uh, like if we can force turnovers, we have a really, really solid chance. And I think that this defense is going to get some mojo and they're going to act like they're they're ballers, like they're playing the game. And uh, if Wilkes can help out with anything, I think we're going to look really good the rest of the season on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I don't have much faith in the offense. Yeah, I was about to say, with a quarterback averaging 183 yards passing and one touchdown per game, bro. <laughs> we, I, remember, I said we was going to win seven games, bro. I'm not that down to five. Because you ain't, I mean, how, how, who, are you, who are you beating this way? Like, who are you, like, all right, so like the hope is you get a defensive touchdown and hopefully your offense can get a, maybe a touchdown and about three field goals each week. I'm not, I, I'm not rolling. I'm going to give, I mean, they get, they have a shot. I mean, like you said, we, we, we've historically owned the Cardinals in the last five to seven years. So I'll give them, so, so, so they, they got to punch his chance. I mean, you got to play the game at, at, at the end of the day and the Cardinals don't look good either. So, I mean, the, the, the main hope is going to be that maybe this is the week that Baker and that group finally figure it out. But until then, bro, I, there, there, there ain't much faith that, that, that we're winning much more than what we have th thus far. If that offense can't figure out how to at least average 400 yards of total offense. Right now we're averaging about, ooh, I think about 360. I think we're averaging per guy total per game. So, I mean, it ain't looking pretty right now. I so said, Jason, I'm going to let you chime in before we, well, before we wrap this one up. Give us your thoughts going forward. I mean, on to me, as frustrated as I am and as much faith as I had coming into the season, I'm, I'm kind of at a bewilderment of just sitting kind of neutral right now. I have no no expectation other than to come in and, and, and try to compete. I would say out of the next three to four games, we need to win at least two. Now, how do we pull that off? And we got to get in the end zone. It goes back to what we talked about preseason. Pre we have got to get in the end zone, period. This is the third year we're going through this struggle of getting in the end zone. And if Tepper, as an owner who watches the game, doesn't see that, then I don't I don't have any faith for this organization over the next five to ten years. And I'm going to be 100% honest. I mean, like you said, yeah, the two going two and two is going to is basically just vital going forward. And I mean, and I think it's going to be very telling because you have some teams in that four game stretch outside of the Rams that they can put up, you know, they they can they can falter and putting up points or they can have shootouts and we're not really equipped to deal with either at this point because this is my my problem even with this week you know you get your field goals you get you muster up just enough i mean you're basically you hoping that you're going in the next 4 weeks you go 2 and 2 in that order and and, and hope for that point in time but i mean i'm looking again i think you know for the way that the defense did do well this week i think it's going to be more so i'm you know at this point i've given up hoping that the offense puts up consistent numbers or even has a consistent plan to look like they know what they're doing. I've given up on that point because in these three weeks where you're supposed to be developing that plan and, and building upon it, you, you showed me nothing to, 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 you've shown me nothing to make me believe that. But again, I'm looking at it. You got, it was Jameis Winston this week. It was Daniel Jones the week before it was freaking. it was, you know, um, Oh my God, help someone. Um, what? Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Thank Brissette. you, Jacoby Brissett. It was oh, yeah. Jacoby Brissett week one. Like we talk about not about having the Colts or the Cardinals number. We've only seen Kyler Murray once in the last three in the last three four years, and and even then he carved us up. Now our offense was able to put up enough points to to win that game, and the defense was able to hold him up just enough. But from what I can remember, he had still a, it wasn't a blow up by any means, and it was again that weird three and one stretch where like it was a game we shouldn't have won. We I think we had just beaten the Chargers the week before, yeah. and so we were like, oh wow, we beat the Chargers this week, the Cardinals this week. You know, maybe we're we're doing good. But you think about it this week, and especially it's going to be. All I put the pressure on our defense or on our defense again, because again, talk about it 350 yards. Now, granted, that's a good 100, 100 of those yards were off of two plays, you know, the 49 yard to Olave and then the other one to Trey, uh, Jaquan Smith. But then you had Marquez Callaway, Moss, and three of our defenders. And this is against Jameis, and this is against Jameis Winston. I mean, 353 yards against with Jameis Winston. And yes, you got him to get a, an interception, but Kyler Murray is, is if you don't rush him 
And even if you do rush him, that's the thing. We saw the two-point conversion. He ran looking like mini, you know, bite-sized Cam Newton running 40 yards around the field to get that two-point conversion. Even if you rush him, you have to trust your cornerbacks enough to make sure that they stay on those guys the entire time. And, and our cornerbacks, while they're doing better, are still very, very young, including Dante. They all have their heads on swivels and are likely to, to bite if they see the first sign of anyone coming up forward. And that scares me because, you know, you can, if you don't send the blitz, you give Kyler all the time in the world and he's going to find something or he's going to take off. And what really concerns me is our linebackers, because when you have that mobile of a quarterback, you got to have a spy on him. I'm not really like Frankie, I guess, is the one I trust the most to put as a spy. If I'm, if I'm snow and I'm Steve, I'm putting chin down and making him spy Skyler. Cause he's the only one I think physically that can muster up the ability to, to try and corral Kyler if he gets going. He's the one who can change direction on a swivel, keep his eyes up, and he doesn't. He won't have to bite as much. You sign, bring Burris up for a week. You can bring Burris up. You did it with Nixon this week. Do that. Play to your strengths. And, and because if you don't, I think Kyler's going to carve you up, and I think that's going to be where it comes down to. Our offense, I think we'll muster up the same kind of stuff they have been, and that could be enough. But if you don't put up more than 14 points – I'm not so sure the Cardinals won't. And I think it's going to be another scenario where they're going to put up 20 points and we see ourselves, you know, adding to that abysmal record of how we perform when play, when we're down, when, when we lose, when, you know, when we're down by 17 or they, we get scored 17 points on. That's where I think it's going to go here. And that's only going to f- continue to speak to San Francisco and LA and Tampa Bay. We see what happens with good defenses against Tampa Bay and against the 49ers. So if you want to prove yourself, it's for me, it's the defense right now. I think it's a big stretch for them. The offense had its chance to prove itself. They didn't do it. So now I've, I'm all right. We're another season where I'm hoping the defense can bail us out and get us to, you know, just a, a muster up a few wins. But, you know, again, brighter things, I guess, bitter, bittersweet, maybe. I don't know how you, it depends on what side of the fence you sit on, but we hope for better things, whether it be another step closer to Matt Rule's end of his tenure or, maybe some life in in the Carolinas for once in a few years. But of course, until then you got to keep waiting, keep praying and, and keep pounding.